Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the first Mike Clevenger edition <laughs> of Sharing Socks. I'm uh, Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen wearing an old, worn-out, beaten-up hat because I think all Sox fans feel old and worn-out and beaten up. With me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will, who's got a newer hat, but probably is still old and beaten up <laughs> at this stage. Uh, I guess the big news of the week is uh, signing Jake Marusnik to a minor league contract. But uh, whoa! <laughs> while we're while while we're on other things, before we get to that big news, uh, obviously more on the Mike Clevenger thing. There's there's not been much uh, since the accuser went public on Instagram with pictures of her bruises and. Uh, I guess other things. I'm not on Instagram. Did you look at it? You are on Instagram, right, dude? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't really look up. Uh, I mean, it's Mike Clevenger. Whatever she said happened. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind. There's no anything of any sort that makes me think someone's just coming for this guy for for some money for some reason other than uh, than the truth and and the details of of not only what he did to her, but the, the throwing the chewing tobacco on the face of an infant is just insane. Well, yeah. I mean, and she's not alone I, because at one point his other, the other woman with whom he has children, he locked her and with whom he lives, I guess, locked her out of the house and locked the kids out of the house on some big confrontation. And she, I think she had to call the cops in order to, I mean, that, that was sometime back. Uh, one thing that I, uh, came up 
was that one of the, and Trevor Bauer was his great buddy, one of the Trevor Bauer accusers apparently mentioned, and, and this is the line I remember was, Clev was as crazy as Trev. Now, what does that mean? Don't know, but. Well, I think we know. <laughs> yeah, if you're the White Sox, don't you wonder about that? Yes, you know, and of course the Sox are saying, oh, well, we didn't know. We had no way of knowing. And yes, it's a secret. Major League Baseball makes a big point that if somebody's accused until such time as they make a judgment or they uh, allow the team to be part of the judgment, they have to allow it, that it's, it's a big secret. I still think with somebody as notorious as Clevenger, that you'd call the office and go, you know, is there anything going on with this guy? And they won't tell you. No, they won't. They won't tell you, but they'd go, oh, well, uh, uh, I can't talk about that. Fine. Yeah. Whereas if you called and go, is there something going on with Jose Abreu? They go, what are you, some kind of nut? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get a different response. Yeah. The White Sox would be like, yeah, he's, he's kind of weird. He, he really loves his grandma. Oh, okay. We better not get Jose then. Uh, The the other things about Clevenger that have come to me since all of this has has hit the fan. The COVID thing in 2020, where he violated the rules. He he lied. He went on the plane. He he endangered uh, Carrasco. Not not just lied, gloated about it. Yeah. Endangered Carrasco is recovering from from cancer. Endangered Terry Francona, who's had all kinds of health problems, etc. What I hadn't thought about before, and I haven't seen anybody refer to this, is his teammates then came and said, it's him or us, which was interesting. That's the only year in the history of baseball they could say that. <laughs> because yeah. they had the COVID exception. They, they could opt out and still get paid and get service time and all that kind of stuff. But if, and, and, and Rick Hahn said, oh, this is going to be a great addition to the clubhouse. I don't remember his exact words, but he said something of that sort when they signed Clevenger, or when they announced Clevenger. If he is a well-liked guy in the clubhouse, his teammates don't do that. If he's a well-liked guy, his teammates go to Francona or whoever they need to go to, and they go, man, Mike kind of screwed up there. He, he really screwed up. But, you know, he's a goofball. Can, can You know, let's just all forget it. If he's a sort of like guy, they go to Frank Owner or whoever and they go, you know, Mike's, Mike's a screwball. If can you just give him a fine? You know, just, just, just remember he's their second best pitcher and they're in a pennant race. Right. Second best starting pitcher and they're, they're in a pennant race. Uh, but that's not what happened. And unless they, and if they slightly dislike the guy, they go and go, can you suspend him for, for a week? They had to already hate. Mike Clevenger, he had to already be poisoned in that clubhouse for them to go to whoever they went to and say it's him or us. Yeah, I'm, I had total, to be despised. totally agree. Now, yeah, San Diego totally screwed up, of course, by accepting the trade. I mean, what I don't know what they weren't looking at, but at the same time, another red. I mean, there are so many red flags with this. It's like fire engine red color and fire engine size red flags all over the place. San Diego had no interest in keeping him. None. There was no indication they made the slightest try to keep him. Why not? Sure, he didn't pitch real well for him, but 
they could presume they're desperate for starting pitching. I, I just look, they're still desperate for starting pitching. Uh, and, and they're a team that spends billions. They, they could spend 10, 15 million and, and well, okay, didn't work out good. Uh, all these things out there and the White Sox get it. Rick Hahn's not just incredibly stupid, which we already know. He's nuts. Yeah. I mean, that, and then it had to, you know, Hunt can't do anything on his own. So it had to be approved by Williams and it had to be approved by Reinsdorf. Now, maybe yeah, Jerry's I, being... I mean, we have yeah. this situation. You, you sign Andrew Benatendi, who is uh, notoriously on the anti-vax side of things. Then you bring, but, but not known as being a terrible guy. Uh, no, I did just, play, that's a particular thing, particular thing for him. I did play uh, baseball with a guy who, who, or softball with a guy who played baseball with Ben Attendee in high school, said he's the biggest jerk on the face of the earth, but a lot of people were jerks in high school. Maybe Ben Attendee's a little better now. I just don't agree with his politics. That is a thing now in baseball, but we can get past that. The Clevenger situation you know, people are saying like, oh, he's like Sunshine from Remember the Titans, the long-haired, free-wheeling, hippie but that's quarterback. that's why I got the name Sunshine, was just the looking alike, not because the, he's the a long hair. Yeah. yeah, it's just the long hair. And it seems like that's where the comparisons end. So I don't understand this whole, he's going to be great for the clubhouse mentality. You've got a clubhouse that's already deeply divided and seemingly racially segregated based on intel that we've gotten from sources that are in the clubhouse from time to time. And now you bring in another guy who is absolutely a a human piece of crap. And he, we, we get this information first, you announce that you're signing him for $8 million. And all of a sudden he's getting $12 million, which he's not worth as a baseball player, certainly not worth as a human being. And now this information comes out. How is it? How have we had silence from the White Sox on this? How have we had silence from the White Sox on this? Yeah, they, they, on the one hand, they can go. I mean, I could go. We're, we are not able to speak to this accusation. They can't. That's, that's sure. true. They, they sure. cannot get into the case, which raises the level. Why has Major League Baseball had this on their plate for five or six months? Yeah. She, she felt like, there's, this isn't something complicated like January 6th where you've got, 200 people involved. It's, it's two people. They either be- decide off that his testimony and her testimony and whatever evidence they provide, like her with the pictures of the bruises and him with the, you know, he comes up with an email that says, I'll get you if you don't give me $10 million, Wh- whatever it may be. They look at whatever evidence they provide. They may each have a witness or two. That's it. That's a week's worth of work, not yeah. six or seven months. And they don't even have to make a final decision. They've got this administrative leave thing they can do. Team can't do it without the commissioner doing it. But they have, that's what they did with Bauer. So yeah. they don't have to have said, well, this is worthy of a whole year suspension, or maybe it's just three months suspension. They can't do the administrative leave while they ponder. It's like a, like being the, the sentencing part of, of a criminal trial. You know, you have two separate things. Uh, particularly, I don't, I, don't, I mean, it, it, it's a, it, it's just, it's just, you and I, when he was first, they first announced they got him, we ranted about it. And this wasn't even known. No. By anybody outside the major league office or the woman making the accusations. Uh, 
it's a crazy, crazy thing. And uh, Paul Sullivan yesterday in the trip, you know, the, the guy who covers the Sox for the trip is utterly useless. So you don't get anything there. But Sullivan is their main sports columnist. And he said they can't have him in camp. Well, the rules say they have to, unless Major League Baseball lets them do something. They it, Because even cutting him, which is not a disciplinary action, you can cut anybody. Yeah. Uh, but that, that would involve lawsuit. The union would be on their case and everything else. But they, something, it's for less than three weeks from pitchers and catchers reporting. They report February 15th. This is January 27th that we're recording. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it's just a, what Sullivan McMahon said, they cannot have him in the clubhouse. They have to get rid of him before it starts. And if you had him in the clubhouse, that's your story. All these players coming back and hoping for a better season and Yuan Moncada sending the ball out of the park and batting practice or whatever it is. That's not a story. No the story is Mike Clevenger. hundred percent. And, and I'm really shocked too, especially after this whole Trevor Bauer thing where you get a guy like Clevenger, which is, who is a known problem and people know that this guy's a jerk and trouble are there no sorts of morality clauses in any of these contracts? I'm not saying like about like who you support politically, who you follow on Twitter, what you say, anything like that. I'm just saying like, can we not put in major league contracts that if you beat a woman, you don't get to play baseball? It's, it's, well, it's in there. I mean, they, they've got the, the process, but the process is, is so strange. Uh, yeah, morality clauses are very common in ordinary contracts. I mean, yeah. you, you become an executive for any business in the Fortune 10,000, and, and there will be some kind of behavior contrary to the best interests of the corporation kind of language in there. Uh, now, of course, because there's a union, that has to be negotiated, and that may be where the problem comes in is, is getting negotiation on that part. But anyhow, it, it's it's... I'm, well, I, I'll just say this to, to put it out there. If Mike Clevenger is on this roster on opening day, I will not be rooting for the White Sox in 2023. I, I, I was listening to, uh, I, I was listening to the score, uh, going out to do grocery shopping yesterday. This would be Thursday the 26th. And they were talking about, and this is it broadening the base beyond Clevenger saying, you know, here's a sport that's got problems. The games are too long. They're, 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 they're losing the audience. Shouldn't you be doing everything possible to be attractive to your potential audience? And they were getting into also the the canceling of Sox Fest, which happened long before this happened. How do you do that? The Cubs come out. They've got biggest jerk owners in the world. And their owners are up there taking questions. Yeah. The public. I checked. We can't can't even get, uh... get the general manager taking a question from the public. Or even from the news media. I checked about half the league. I looked around at about half the league to see what their fest scenarios were. Everybody's doing them. Everybody I looked at is doing their fan fest. Their their little thing, you know, where you got the 10 players. They they don't all look exactly the same, but they all have a version of this thing. And the White Sox canceled theirs, like, in 2019, it seems like. They canceled it so long ago. Well, uh, it, yeah, it's, you know, it's understandable they didn't have the last couple of years because of the heaviness of COVID. Yeah, it, yeah, It's yeah. different this year. I and, mean, this and, year's. They canceled they, a long time ago. Yeah, they knew it. 
also on the so the score guys were taking and they were going you know this is horrible they can't possibly that leverage play but they took calls and the second call i heard was a woman saying i've been a Sox fan all my life i bought all these tickets you know i do those all the socks but then you and i are sitting watching i'm in trouble incidentally if i come not a Sox fan because as you know i don't buy any of my own clothes and everybody only gives me sock stuff <laughs> <laughs> i'll be close to it. i'll i'll, I'll get this, you something yeah. This woman, this woman called in and she said, lifelong Sox fan, dedicated Sox fan, have loved the Sox my whole life. I'm also a victim of domestic abuse. I'm done. And she wasn't just ranting. I mean, she was very yeah, serious about it. And, and sure. they were very uh, agreeing with her about the whole thing. I mean, we all should have been done before for any number of other reasons. Your mom, <laughs> who, as you know, is, is not a sports fan. is <laughs> going, why do you still root for this team? I said, well, I like players. <laughs> you know, it's true. You tell you say it's a terrible, terrible organization. Well, it is a horrible, horrible organization. I like the players. But a lot of organizations are problematic, and you deal with those problematic things because you like the players, you like the game, you have history with the team. I'm cool with all that. A lot of things that the White Sox have done that drive me and you crazy – are not the kinds of things that make me say, okay, I'm going to go cheer for the Tigers now. Because the second you go cheer for someone else, their team has garbage going on with the GM and the owner. But this kind of thing, which is so topical right now, something we're finally addressing as a culture, to go with, I mean, Clevenger should have been gone the next day. And the White Sox should have said, look, we'll pay him his $12 million. He's gone. He's gone. It's over. We're, he's, we don't even want to find out about it. He can have the money. He's gone. And then it's on the White Sox to eat that they got duped by hiring an, a known piece of crap. They, they should have seen this coming. It was coming from a mile away. As you said, the woman who accused, one of the women who accused Bauer mentioned Clevenger. It, if that's not the biggest red flag in the world that she pulled another name out of nowhere <laughs> and, and and joined him in conversation with Trevor Bauer, who is the lowest of the low, I don't know what if you're not listening to women, then you're just not listening to women. And I don't want to support a team that is going to do that uh, moving forward. Uh, it's it's evil crap. To, to bring in a guy like Clevenger, it's it's way worse if we keep him. Um, but I can tell you, we're we're a couple months away from from that opening day. If Mike Clevenger's on this team, we're gonna have an episode figuring out uh, which blog we're gonna ask to let us do a podcast for them this season because <laughs> it will not be for the Chicago White Sox. I, I'm not I'm not dealing with we that should, crap. We, we should confess, open up that as a Christmas present. You got tickets to a game because you're going to be, Will's going to be in Chicago. Uh, I did keep perform- talking. Performing in the cherry orchard at, at the Goodman Theater. So it's going to be here through the first month and part of the season, certainly through April. So you got tickets, but I, we want to make very clear that you got the tickets through third party. So no money went to Jerry Reinsdorf whatsoever. Correct. We will go by public transportation because you're going to be downtown at the Goodman anyway. Uh, so there's no parking. And by God, we will eat before we get there. I will have a game. hot dog in my pocket. 
And also, for those who can't see the uh, YouTube version of this, I will. we're going to a White Sox-Phillies game. I already have the hat for the Phillies, and I will be decked out in Phillies gear if Mike Clevenger is on the Chicago White Sox. I will also be sneaking in a sign uh, with some, uh, you know, beeped out expletives because there are children present. Um, but it will be very, very unkind things said about the White Sox and Mike Clevenger. Uh, we got to take our break there, but we will come back and talk uh, uh, non-Clevenger things, talk about well, some of the... But what the White Sox do now without Clevenger. Correct. Okay. Moving forward with the idea that they will get rid of Clevenger, which they freaking better. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. For the first half today, we uh, discussed Mike Clevenger, the human sack of crap. And uh, now we're going to talk about baseball and what we're going to do when we get rid of Mike Clevenger uh, and need another starting pitcher. Uh, of course, Davis Martin is back, is there waiting around. He, he performed pretty well last year until the very end and he was injured. So we don't know. It's a bicep problem that he had last year. Is he going to be okay? Looking out on what's left in the free agent market, Michael Waka is far and away the best available. But also, yeah. there are a lot of teams looking for starting pitchers. So, you know, there's that. Zach Granke's out there. I'd love to have Granke pitching for for the White Sox. I think he's great. I mean, he's the he's the he's, he's the opposite end of the spectrum from Clevenger. Yeah, and and, and yes, he, he's. Personality-wise, closer to Liam Hendricks as far as far as being a good guy, uh, but I think he's going to end up back at Kansas City. That's that's just seems. And then the one list I saw of starting pitchers, the third one down was was was. I wrote this down. Oh yes, Dylan Bundy. Well, that's a long drop off, folks. That is a <laughs> steep steep fall. That is. You are stepping off of El Capitan in Yosemite <laughs> if you uh, think that 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 is a a good option. That is a steep fall, and I saw that uh, Cole Irvin just went to Baltimore, yeah. so he he is off. Not that he was extremely desirable, but had a had a decent upside. Only twenty. He would have been ahead of Bundy on the list. Absolutely ahead of Bundy and uh, Baltimore surprisingly made the moves to to nab him there was no talk of him being up for trade from Oakland but now he is uh he is no longer an athletic and is a a Baltimore Oriole which uh I already had them on the list of teams better than the White Sox but they certainly cemented themselves with this move as a team that will be certainly better than the White Sox this year uh I I mean outside of you've got Waka uh, who's who's second on your list? Is there uh, uh, Granky and Granky? You got Walk and Granky. You got to get one of them. You got to get one of them. Because um, um, there's nothing. There's there's nothing in the farm system. Just nothing. 
they signed, I don't know, 42 guys to minor league contracts. There's a reason they're on minor league contracts. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think all but one of them are really, I think one of them has been a starter. I forget who it was even, but they're on minor league contracts for a reason. Uh, yeah, we, we are in a, I mean, I mean, the White Sox are really in a terrible position in many ways going into this season, uh, given that it is considered their window. You know, all of this is considering that this was theoretically our, our championship window. So you've got the White Sox who now need another starting pitcher or at least better need another starting pitcher by the end of this week or next week, hint, hint, White Sox. Uh, but you're also in a situation where you're depending on bounce backs. I mean, this season is nothing. And no, no don't reverse have bounce, bounce backs. backs. No, no Correct. bounce downwards. That's, that's why I love the people who go, oh, well, we're getting bounce backs from uh, Moncada and Grandal. I don't believe for a minute with Grandal and Sinelli. I think no. Very possible. The one bounce back I'm very confident of is Giolito. I, I think Lucas will will recover from, from I don't know that I'm muscle. that confident about it. I, it it's possible, but it, it's possible if since we will have new strength and training coaches, because I think Giolito overweight lifted last year. Oh, he sure did. And, and it really messed up his delivery. As we know, the White Sox strength and tra- conditioning people from last year were probably the worst to ever do it <laughs> in Major League Baseball. I mean, you got guys who come out either out of shape or overly beefed up and everybody's hurt walking to first base. So we certainly must get better in that category with the new team and under a new manager who seems to like baseball. Uh, But we are depending on some serious bounce backs. Luis Robert, I think likely to bounce back, have a better year. It's not that he had a bad year, but likely to likely to be better. Can Moncada, he stay on the field? He's just never he stay stayed on the, on the field? field. If he can stay healthy, I think we see something from Luis Robert. Moncada, I think it's possible we see a bounce back from Moncada, that he will be in, in better shape and in better headspace coming into this season. Uh, again, totally couldn't – I mean, it's very possible as well that Yoan Moncada is going to hit 180 this year. So it's it's – you know, we're rolling those dice. Eloy, probably going to do well offensively, has insisted that he wants to play left field. No, so right field. Pro- right field. He, he understands Benintendi is going to be in left field. He wants to play right field, doesn't want a DH. They made him a DH with, apparently without ever talking to him, which doesn't sound like Grifol. Grifol sounds like a guy who talks to people. Uh, but when Eloy is saying, well, right field's easier than left field. Well, no. He, yes, if you're right-handed <laughs> and the ball the ball is – I can see where if you're always coming within inches of a ball because in left field, if you're if you're right-handed, the ball is curving away from you on your non-glove side, whereas in right field, it's curving away from you on your glove side. So that gives you an extra probably six, eight inches. I don't remember many cases of Aloy being at six or eight inches of play where he might otherwise have had it. I, I so love – He can't throw. No. He, is he suddenly in right field going to discover, oh, there's a cutoff man? <laughs> he's, he's never had a cutoff man in his life. Not only that, but let's look at the entire history of the game. Point to a time where the left fielder was better than the right fielder. It's No, you put you put your best outfielder in center, of course. And the, 
Yeah. Of course. And the, and but the your best the arm, arm on the field. <laughs> in right field. field. Yeah. No yeah. matter where and, he and is. And this is it, not to knock, knock Aloy. I love Aloy. He's a great guy. He's a tremendous hitter. But he can't be on the field. <laughs> no. And if he is on the field, he has to be in left. There's no way he can play right field. No way he can play right field. You're talking about – look at Cleveland. Look at look at your division rival. You hit a ball to the right field corner and Eloy is tracking it down, that's triple city for Cleveland. <laughs> Cle- Cleveland is – they're playing no doubles baseball against the White Sox. And, and in the opposite sense that we usually say, they are playing triples only baseball against the White Sox if Eloy Jimenez is in right. I can, I can remember it, – it's come to me one scene that I don't remember the game at all. But it was a team, a Cleveland-ish team. I don't know if it was Cleveland or another heavily running type team. And the runner was coming around second and was just touching third when Aloy coming in, doing a good job coming in uh, to pick up the ball close to the infield, was probably 30 feet from the infield dirt. And they sent the guy who scored. (laughs) You can't do that. I'm sorry, Aloy, you get, you just hope you don't feel bad being a DH, but you, you just got to do that. Meanwhile, Jake Marisnik, I mentioned it very, very again, he could end up and right until Colas. They're talking like they'll start Colas. Then they'll remember, oh, service time, service time. I can't do that. Then even with that, he's had 31 at bats in AAA. You, you, you got to give him a little more time before you send him up there to get scared to death. Like, I mean, so, so they brought up last year. Uh, because they were desperate for second baseman. He was scared stiff. You don't know what that's done to the poor guy. And it looks like he may be the second baseman. I one Certainly NBC does. did a proposed lineup, and they're saying Romy Gonzalez. Oh, whoopee. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you, it, might, it, you might as well just, just put uh, Leuri out there and let her rip. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all interchangeable. You know, that's uh, – I, I think they got to hope that Sosa is going to – be better in some way. Otherwise, we got a real serious problem. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 just a a mess on on the right side of the field right now. And I I think Coloss, uh, obviously, enormous upside, enormous upside. Absolutely, and I and Could I think before this before this season great. is over, before this season is over, as early as mid May or something, there's a little more seasoning in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, he could be ready. And then he, then he's bad for four or five weeks until he adjusts and he's good for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the right side, Vaughn is no great shakes at first base either, as long as we're on, on the right side. Uh, but it's probably, possible, it's possible that letting Vaughn do spring training at first base and well, letting no, Vaughn yeah. actually have a manager that's interested in fundamentals. I, I think we could see actually, uh, a very good year from Andrew Vaughn. Uh, I think we could see him play very average first base, which is good. Yeah. I mean, it, to be an average first baseman, if you can hit, means you're a good first baseman. Uh, and I do think that if he gets to actually play his position, learn his position, work on his position, he will also have uh, a better time at the plate. Um, 
that is that's just a thing we know about baseball players. When they're out of whack defensively, they tend to be out of whack at the plate. And I think Vaughn, God love him for putting in the effort to try to make the outfield thing work. I mean, this is a guy who had no business being out there, and I do think he made a valiant attempt at trying to make it happen. And I think we owe him not ever making him do that again. I I think we do owe him as a player to never make him play in the outfield again. And And the same could be said of Gavin Sheets, but I don't know what they're going to do with him. I have no idea where to put him. Left-handed pitch hitter late in the game? For whom? A left-handed pinch hitter who hits two two oh three. I I just don't know. You know, he he probably will hit better because of the new rules. Uh, right, right. Left-handed pull hitters are going to be the beneficiaries of the new rules. He, he did hit into the shift ninety percent of the time. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He yeah. he hits yeah. well into the shift. Uh, incidentally, that's another reason to have a very good second baseman. Right. Yeah. New rules. It, it, there's one named Josh Harrison who's still available. <laughs> well, clearly he's not on our radar. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, though. You know, when when I was growing up, at least, uh, elite defensive second basemen were a thing and were an important thing. Because Absolutely. The, sh- the shift wasn't, you know, it was, a, it was legal, but it just wasn't part of the game so much because we weren't so focused on pull hitting and launch angle and that kind of thing. But now that we are... And you're taking that shift away. Elite second basemen become very, very important. Is Nelly uh, Fox still available? Yeah, his his number is still up there. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he's allowed to play with it. Uh, but it is a situation where second basemen need to be better now than they've had to be in the last ten years. And it's going to be really interesting to see that across the league. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see the teams that do have very good second basemen. But because of the shift over the last 10 years, we've seen a huge drop-off in the quality of fielder that gets you to play second base. It's It's been a lot more about, like, let's just get a guy out there. Hopefully he hits 270 and he can, you know, at least not make a lot of errors. Well, now range is really going to come back into second base. You're going to need a second baseman with range similar to your shortstop like you did for years and years. Uh, when I was growing up, you needed a great second baseman if you had a great shortstop. That was a that was something that could win you baseball games. That's going to be the case again. And the White Sox. You know, are, one thing is, I was just thinking as you were talking about, one thing that's going to be back is the second baseman who can make the strong throw going to his right. Because with the shift for right-handers, he's standing on second base. He doesn't almost ever makes a play to his right more than a step or two. And if he does, he's got no chance because he's out in center field somewhere. And if he's and if he's playing mid-right field against a left-hander, yes, he may be make a play to his right, which is nice. He's got time to stop, sit, because he's playing it against against a guy like Yasmani Grandal, who will be down to first sometime during the course of the next day and a half. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, it's going to become a much more important thing to have a really good defensive second baseman, but you want a guy who can hit too, of course, but none none of the prospects that the White Sox have are really good second baseman, except for Josh Harrison or hitter prospect (laughs) Uh, or or, or Elvis Andrews. 
And you're telling me that with the current situation with the White Sox, we're going to send out a below average fielding second baseman who is going to have minimal range, who will then not be able to get to the ball that is then going to go to Eloy Jimenez (laughs) right right field. I think, I think Cleveland is going to come into those games saying you hit a single to the right. It's a double. You hit a double to the right. It's an inside the Parker. I I think (laughs) aggressive base running um, when you hit the ball to the right side is going to be an Achilles heel for this White Sox team amongst all of our other heels. Well, the other <laughs> thing, Achille- even Achilles even had if- like 10 bad heels, right? I, I think yeah, that's how yeah, the match goes. At least. Yeah. Uh, and you, you talked about Andrew Vaughn to be an average second uh, first baseman. And I think that's true. But the weakness that Andrew will have for sure is he's very, very slow. What? <laughs> so he's not covering any of that range to the left that the second baseman should have. No, uh, not at all. I can remember a couple, he played very little first base last last season, but he did, and plays where he'd go and try to make a play, and he just wasn't there. Uh, if this know, part were, of that's not having much practice at it, but he's just slow. If, he's slow if, of foot. I don't need I, slow of range. If I were a Major League Baseball player, and I were coming up to bat against the White Sox in 2023. You're looking at a left side where you can hit it to Yoan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Andrew Benatendi, Luis Robert. Or a right side where you can hit it to Romy Gonzalez, Eloy Jimenez, or Andrew Vaughn. I think we're, we're going to see some, in one of those I, positions. I think we're going to see some place hitting in Major <laughs> League Baseball this year. If this were a slow pitch softball team, I'm on the bench telling every guy outside pitches only, outside <laughs> pitches only. Those those White Sox pitchers are going to be throwing everything on the inside of the plate. And you know, that's what you I know, would do. Obviously, Ben Attendi should be a great improvement defensively. Grandal is a bad catcher. He was the only thing he was ever good at was framing. He was a very good framer, but other now catchers can't do that. are better. Yeah. And now he's just an average framer. The other catchers have improved. He's gone down. He's old. I mean, catchers catching is hard on him, and he's not good at. It. He was never able to block pitches. He was never able to throw people out. He's pretty bad defensively. Tim is very mediocre. Yeah, for short setups, and he's gone one of two ways. He's had the two the one year where he led the majors in and errors and the one year when he came close and he said a couple of years where he didn't have very many errors. Yeah. But in those I think cases, he had one the, year where he might have had he was five, on like the, so. the top top two, I yeah. think, shortstop. But but I looked at his oozer rating for that year. And his oozer rating was way down. So what he did, not an unintelligent move, was quit trying to make the huge range play, uh, which isn't an error if you miss it, but becomes an error when you then throw it into row Q. Correct. So he wasn't getting errors on that, but he wasn't making the play either. So if he plays controlled, which is really what he probably should do, yeah, uh, and which makes him an average to uh, maybe slightly above kind of short stuff, your second baseman's got to really cover some ground over there towards say, I mean, it's a mess. Oh, good news. We got to get some good news. It came out this morning. Uh, Jason, ben- uh, Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. Multi-year contracts. There, they are going to be back. We don't know how much Jason's going to miss. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Stony, because... Stony is a real, real pain when it comes to being on Twitter and protecting this 
god awful organization. But on the air, he's terrific. And I, yeah, I, I don't even care about the Twitter crap anymore. It's just if they let those two guys go, <laughs> then we virtually have no reason to watch White Sox baseball on television. So that was a good move. We are out of time. Uh, thrilled we'll have Jason and Steve back. Just as thrilled as you all are to have uh, Geezer and the West Coast correspondent back. Um, hopefully we get some good news about Clevenger getting fired so that this podcast will continue. Uh, we like better this if podcast. Han fired, but you know, that's not going to happen. Han and Clevenger would be, because uh, his lips a, are a still scenario. firmly, his lips are firmly attached to the keister of Jerry Reinsdorf. And that's all Reinsdorf cares about. They talk about Reinsdorf loyalty, forget loyalty. All he cares about is the guy suck up to him. And that's that is what Williams one does. And that's what Han does. And that's how it goes. That is one old grumpy keister, too. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time on Sharing Socks.